Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to Monday. It's Monday, and it is the 24th. It's it's Memorial Week, so yeah. everybody's going to be off playing by the end of the week, except for some of us. Um, and this is Life Between Lives. I want to remind everybody that Regan Forston is here. He's a hypnotherapist, and he does... Uh, B or LBL work is the is the cool short name for it. That's and, right. lives. and Natasha Venter, who is a psychic medium and works really well with with Regan, they're 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 really good together. And um, up above there is Kayla, and Kayla May is a uh, uh, the associate producer of this here radio program or this podcast. And she and Regan had the opportunity to, to talk last last week, why we're, which is why we are talking today a little bit with her. And I just wanted to introduce her to you guys and to the public. So there. Yeah. Yeah, Last welcome on board, Kayla. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I said welcome on board. Well, thank you. I'm you happy to be here. And I'll tell you, the the uh, the video feed is working really well. I'm really impressed with the video feed that we get from this particular program. So, Natasha, how are you? We had a real big day yesterday. Are you, do you get tired after we do three hours on the radio? It wipes mm. me out. No. <laughs> really? No. Um, actually, when I do intuitive work, it revs me up. It's my battery. It, so that means that I'm doing the thing that my soul loves to do. And like I can do a, when I do my uh, sessions through a fair, let's say an intuitive fair, that I can start at nine o'clock, be done at five. And people say, you look just as good as you do when you start it. And I go, yeah, because they're my battery. I'm not. <laughs> so <laughs> I let things just flow through me and it's my battery. So I was actually, it charged me the whole day. I actually got a lot done around the house. Yeah. You know, I remember um, when I was in the uh, hospital in Hawaii, when I was there for a month and almost died. And I, you know, I, uh, I'd be sitting there kind of uh, lethargic and like just in another zone. And then in the middle of the night, for some reason, the nurse would be in there. She knew the kind of work I did. And we start talking about God. We'd start talking about things. All of a sudden, it's like I'm not even sick. It's mm -hmm. just the weirdest thing. And then she leaves the room, and I go back to being, <laughs> to being the sick person going through this experience. But there is something about when, we, when you talk about deeper things, you know, uh, that I think in, uh, enlivens all of us because it comes from something within, you know, this excitement or this... Uh, desire to get back home, you know, and this desire to connect with God. So yeah, I, I'm the same as you. I could talk, you know, go forever and do that. But like I had a five and a half hour session this week, a, a really, really good um, life between life session. And, um, and I was realizing through the whole thing, I mean, it seems like, I don't know, an hour to me, the time just seems to, to not exist, you know, when I'm doing this kind of work. But then afterwards, like about 20 minutes afterwards, when I sat down, <sighs> 
I just go back <laughs> and sleep, you know, forever, you know, but, but uh, the minute you start talking about anything having to do with God or something, there's some sort of energy, like the, the spirit just gets in you and you just, you know, you become alive. So that's a nice feeling. Well, and that's what I consider truth. It's the truth. And when you're talking about something that creates love and goodness, it's what is the truth, which is a vibrant, it's a vitality. And yeah. so when you work with that, it brings vitality. And I can, that's why I do. Now, you know, like if I'm doing a fair down in, um, down in Kent, which is about two hours away from my house, that... You know, by the time about hour and a half into my drive, I'm like going, okay, yeah, I've been up since 7.30 in the morning and now it's 8 o'clock at night and I can tell my battery is going down. But, you know, there's the, you know, it's that recharging though. It's that moving forward things. And, and when yeah. our soul is speaking the truth, which is love, you know, even if it's working through the shadow work and we're, we're working through getting better, working through ourselves doing better, you know, there is an energy for to that, even though sometimes we feel like a wrung out wash rag afterwards, you know, but that is that movement going forward. Yeah, I think, too, that's the benefit of people, no matter what religion they are. But when they gather together, like the Christians who go to church every Sunday or something, there's something there. That it's subconscious a bit, but that energy and everything they feel there kind of gives them energy to get through the next week. Mm -hmm. You know, like they go and they just stay they you know they're thinking about their higher selves they're they're with other people that are all there for the same reason to try to get closer to god in some way and they always i think when they walk out a lot of people aren't really conscious of it but they're kind of stepping a little lighter when they leave a service you know and it, and it helps them you know that energy gets them through the week except i had a friend one time who said uh i asked him why he went to church every sunday and he said oh man i'm covering my bases yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true too well, you know, um, don't want to go to hell, so I'm just covering my bases to make sure that I'm okay. In yeah. The, so, yeah, because yeah. I think everybody has something intuitively. They know there's a, you know, I think if you ask most people in the world, do they believe in a higher power? Majority of them are going to say yes, but th from there, they're just not sure about the rest of it. You know, they just have that inner knowing. And, you know? and so what I would like to do here. Because um, uh, Kayla, who's being very quiet and very nice, up there, <laughs> I'm listening. She had uh, an experience about a year ago where she felt like she needed. Well, first of all, and uh, um, uh, Natasha, you will understand this. Her father died about a year ago. Oh boy, sorry, Kayla. And <laughs> when that happened, she felt the need to make a cataclysmic change in her life. Can, can you talk to her a little bit about that? Okay, so my love goes to you. Thank you. It's not an easy dance. Mm -mm. I can tell you, and, you know, I, I'm working on not talking about myself so much. <laughs> According that, um, that, but I feel like this calls for it, if you don't mind. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. So with this, that I have always been, people have told me I should have been a counselor my whole life. Mm -hmm. My father died when I was ready to give birth to my first child. Three years later, my mom died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Three weeks after, or about a year after my second child was born. Grief wakes us up in a way. 
and it shakes us up. It's almost like tipping over the box of our life <laughs> and mm -hmm. say, you can't deal with the crumb on the, on the bottom that you wanted to cover up. But it is that if we allow it, it gives us that moment of saying, this is the truth you need to walk into. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm sorry you had to go through the grief process to get this message. But mm -hmm. yet, at the same time, when we allow grief to do the work that it's supposed to, for me, a year after my mom passed away, I was in Hawaii doing Doreen Virtue's um, angel therapy practitioner course, and then six months later in her mediumship course. And then I started doing this for real. I've always been intuitive. I remember being born, yet at the same time, though, I was always shy and quiet. Can you believe me, shy and quiet? <laughs> I think you're fibbing. <laughs> you had, my husband even said, after my mom passed, you're not the same woman I married. Because I flipped the coin over so much from being shy and quiet to being who I am today. And that I allowed grief to kick my butt to get me moving. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and and with that, and grief wakes us up to be our true self, with which is a true a true spiritual walk. A big one. It, it is a true spiritual walk, and it's not one that that's a straight line either. It's one that we have to weave our own way through because it, it's our it's the truth finder. Mm -hmm. You know, and whatever falls into that love category, true love. Not the, you know, you shouldn't love that person because he's like this. It's that love because dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing behind that because it doesn't matter. We should just love, you know. Mm -hmm. So good job listening. Yeah, when, when we were, uh, when I was on the other side about two months ago and we were asking about COVID, and that's one of the things that, the, uh, you know, the wise beings on the other side were saying that the, one of the benefits of COVID is now in the world, there's so many more people that have opened up to the their higher selves, you know, mm -hmm. to a bigger purpose. So uh, the good part of that is with everybody going through grief and all the people that have lost, people have begun to really think about their mortality, you know, and uh, a lot of people go, you know, a lot of people, uh, like the churches, you know, I think for the next year or two, till people forget their lessons sometimes, but the churches be pretty full, you know, people are, are praying and meditating like never before, you know, so it's, it was a, it's kind of, um, you know, something that we had to go through to wake everybody up, you know, mm -hmm. and there's certain people that passed away that are over there, they're just fine, you know, they're yeah. just another place in another room, that's not bothering them at all, it's just uh, us survivors that are left here to have to think about our own you know, mortality and, and um, our spirituality and so forth. So I think it's been a good one. You know, I bet at the churches now when they have the altar calls, you know, there's going to be the Christian church will be a lot more people going forward than, than before COVID, you know. And now Regan, uh, you were part of the manipulation of the other side. Do you understand what that means what in Kayla's you? case? What? Remember last Monday, you 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 said that uh, you and her talked about doing a reading, and so she was following up on that and <laughs> talked to a gal who named Lisa, who's not affiliated with the show in any way, but is a good friend. I don't know how that happened, and then uh, Lisa called sent a thing to me saying she's looking for Regan's information. Oh so, yeah. I started to uh, find the Regan's information for her, and then I got the uh, the uh, um, 
the message that uh, I needed to ask her a few questions to see if it would be appropriate for us to work together and for her to join my independence report. So you, sir, are partially responsible for that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. It's, it's the ripple effect of everything we do. You know, people don't realize that just the slightest thing has like the butterfly effect, you know. It's just mm -hmm. like, it's uh, it's amazing. Um, like we, we have a family member that made some wrong choices a few years ago when he was a teenager. And we're still feeling the ripple effects from those today. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's just, I mean, we were looking at that and just seeing how if that young person had made a little better choices, there's so much that this family wouldn't have had to go through. You know, so it's, you know, one wrong thing and it just affects, it's like domino effect all the way as far as you can see. But the good thing is too, like, you know, like Natasha, don't you feel this too? And I do like with, with my clients, even in my regular therapy practice, if we could just help that one person, they become like, let's say a better wife, a better, uh, a better mother. And, and, and so they're better mothers. So their children grow up a little healthier. So they're a little healthier. So it could go generations. Just by helping one person here could go generations down the effect of them just getting healthy. You exactly. Know, that's yeah. why why spirit says, you know, just work with one person at a time, you know, and, and uh, you know, so. Natasha had three people crying yesterday. <laughs> Are you doing uh, readings for them on your show? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm kind of good at that. <laughs> but it yeah. was one at a time and uh, each of, in turn felt eternally touched by by what she said including eric who's on the wednesday show i made him be a guinea pig and he was like man she's good so, <laughs> yeah it worked out it worked out really well but but you're right regan it is just one person at a time that's all you can afford. yeah that's all and that's all we can do you know because some some people think when i have them go to the other side and they find out what their goal was or their mission in this life and more times than not, it's something very, very simple, you know, very simple. Um, because some people think that their mission has to be like a Gandhi or, or Martin Luther King or something like that. They have to change the world. But the world has changed just, you know, one person at a time doing one thing. Well, I mean, I, you know, just having the Christian background, just look what, uh, what Jesus did. You know, he started with 12 guys and now look. Look how many followers there are around the world. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's that ripple effect of you know when you have something uh, good to say that people know is is what they need to learn. You know, or do so. Um, yeah, and you never. I mean, I I remember even my uh, when I had to, went through a divorce with my second wife. Um, it was we tried to do it as amicably as possible. We just knew that our our time was up. You know, and my four stepdaughters, uh, uh, all of them at, at one point or another said that that was actually a really great learning experience for them on how to handle relationships themselves so that they were able to, when they had to do split ups or something, you know, their time with that person was up and needed to move on. They were able to do it in a really good way, you know, without all of the bitter and anger and, and everything. So, yeah, you never know when you're being, you know, when your good behavior is actually uh, affecting somebody in a good way. Well, you're such a special, nice guy. I can't believe anybody wanted to work. Oh, I have to tell you, I had a regular client today. It was I had the most fun Zoom session with her today. Uh, this is a, a client of mine that's uh, in the military that was raped. And um, uh, she decided to take the guy to trial. And, oh, my God, it was 
you know, he ended up getting off on lesser charges of stuff, which kind of angered her, but he did get dishonorably discharged, uh, which is good. And, and he does have to spend a little time behind bars a little bit, but not like what she had hoped, but she's learning to let go of that. Uh, but uh, what's really helped her is she got, uh, she got a dog, a little puppy. And uh, I can't tell you, the little puppy, we were doing the session, the puppy was in her lap, biting on her heart. You know, it was like having a little kid that we're trying to do this serious session and this kid just wants to play this little puppy. And it was so adorable. And you could, I could see how her being able to give this dog love and the love she was getting from him is really helping her, you know, you know, to, uh, with her emotions and things. So um, I'm getting ready. I'm going to write a, a letter for her to have her uh, support dog, you know, so she can have the dog with her at other places for support sometimes. So uh, it's just beautiful. The, uh, the impact that pets have on people, you know, we could do a whole show on that sometime because that's, you know, so many people are so close to their pets, you know, and you can't, you know, someone who loves their pet, you know, if someone comes up to them and says, Oh, your pet's just a dog has no soul. Just, it's just nothing, you know, <laughs> they, they won't believe you because you just know that there's some God energy in that little puppy, you know, in that, in that dog, you know? Uh, so, you know, they heal us just as much as we heal them. Yes, exactly. So Kayla, well, you have a rare opportunity here to talk to these two highly <laughs> educated individuals who do some great work at what they do. Do you have any questions for them? Uh, anything and everything, really. I mean, <laughs> um, oh no, don't get them started. We'll be here till tomorrow. Well, that's okay. I've got all. I'm, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it short. <laughs> um, Regan, when you specifically get into um, taking someone into being hypnotized, uh -huh. um, what do they experience particularly? Well, Here's what's surprising, that hypnosis is so easy and it's such a natural thing that sometimes people think that they're not even in hypnosis because it just seems too natural, okay? Somehow in their minds they make up like it's going to be some supernatural kind of thing where they're just going to fall asleep and then wake up a changed person or something and not mm -hmm. remember everything that's happening. But actually what happens is when a person gets really, really relaxed, and that's all I do is, is it's it's... I tell people if they know how to wake up and go to sleep, they could be hypnotized because if you looked at the brain, you know, scientifically, if you look at the brain waves where hypnosis is, is right at that point, just before you fall asleep. So what I do in this, uh, in this thing we do with the Newton Institute is I just get them to relax to that point to where they're just about to fall asleep, but um, I keep them there so they don't fall asleep. Okay. And it seems to be that God has put in all of us. I call it, I don't know if it's my invention or something else, but I just thought I called it a God switch, you know? And it's like when they're in that thing there, this is where all the magic happens. And people just naturally, I mean, it's like so easy that, I mean, it looks like Natasha, it looks so easy when she just goes, looks up and, and you know, Archangel Michael's right there or something. It's kind of like they get in that spot where they can do that sort of thing. So um, it's like, it's almost it almost seems uh, strange, but your body gets really, really relaxed, but your mind becomes super alert, you know? So it's like, you know, a lot of people say, yeah, I was just waking up and all of a sudden I got this idea, you know, or mm -hmm. they, they've been working on a problem trying to solve. And just as they fall asleep or wake up, they get the solution to that. And that's because at that point, your subconscious, your higher self is pretty much mm -hmm. 
in tune with your physical awake self, you know, so you have the access of all more parts of you or something, you know, to access. But um, yesterday when I had this session, this five and a half hour session afterwards, she says, she says, well, it was weird because I was, I was seeing all this stuff that you were talking to me, but then I would hear the uh, siren go by on the outside and all that. I says, yeah, because you, your, your physical self is alert, but yet you're there at the other time. It's like, like now we're looking at four of us on the screen and it's, it's like, it's like you're going from like a, over here to Natasha to the past life and then back over here to me. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm here in hypnosis. And then you're going back. It's like, you're just going back and forth. So you just become super aware, you know, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's just a natural thing. You know, so uh, that's the magic of it. Uh, you know, so yeah, you don't, people think that uh, they're afraid that in hypnosis that they won't be in control. That's why some people fight it. And, and sometimes we're not successful, but about 90% of the time we are. But that 10%, sometimes that they, they feel like they're losing control of themselves when they really aren't. You know, like I tell people, I says, if you're, you know, if you don't want to be in hypnosis, just open your eyes and leave, you know, just open your eyes and do whatever you have to do. Um, you know, because you, you are still in total control that way, you know, so. And now do you have, sorry, Kevin, do you have more of the people that choose to just sit up in the guidelines and just watch, or do you have more people go physically through the emotions oh. and everything? You, you mean like when, when they're in another life, are they in that body or are they just watching it? Mm -hmm. it, it kind of, <clears throat> I see people like, for instance, I can say, you know, uh, you know, look down and see what you're wearing, you know, um, mm -hmm. just to get them oriented in that body. So usually when they go to a past life, uh, it begins to wear like if, if they if they kind of like first thing I ask them, is it daytime or nighttime? You know, so they're just starting to become aware. And I say, what's the topography? Are you in a city or whatever? And then I'll say, look down at your feet and tell me what you're wearing. And that's usually the first sign I can tell whether they're a man or a woman. And sometimes I say, well, put your hands out in front of yourself. Tell me what color your skin is. You know, and then they look at the hands, they can tell, and all of a sudden they're going, and like I, I told this before, but was I, I always get a kick out of this because it was just so funny at the time. I had a, a very beautiful woman, very, oh, I mean, she was just gorgeous physically and spiritually. And um, so all of a sudden she's in this past life, and I had to put her hands out in front. She's looking at him for a second. And, and in, in hypnosis, her, her, she's her hands on the, you know, and she's doing it there, but her, she's raising her physical hands too. And all of a sudden she looks at him and she's turning him around and she's quiet for a minute. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm a dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute, you know, and she was a man in that lifetime, you know. And uh, so her herself that was being hypnotized was real, you know, the part that's aware here. It was surprising to her. But over there, she was in the body of this man and feeling the feelings and going through what she went through in that past life. Uh, so, um the only time they sometimes want to go out of their body uh, is like at a death scene. If the death scene is a little bit uh, dis uh, discomforting, uh, like if they can't breathe or if something, uh, if they're being attacked or something physical or something's happening. Uh, but we're trained at that moment, at that second we see that in their body, then I'll say to the client, I'll say, okay, now you can choose to be in the body or you can watch it from outside. And generally they start watching it from outside, you know, and then they'll tell you exactly what's going on. So, um, that way, you know, we're not causing any, uh, unneeded emotional, you know, we don't want to re-traumatize somebody. Um, but I have had a few, um, I had a case where, 
Uh, matter of fact, I told Natasha before, my first case was a medium from Australia. Uh, and what an amazing, I just love this guy. Um, and uh, he went right to a past life. He was a little girl in a past life and he was carrying buckets of water. And I says, what are you doing with them? And he says, well, I'm taking them home to the horses. And then, so I says, okay, one, two, three, I want to go home to where the horses are. And then, and this little girl, I mean, it's, it's a, of course a man in this lifetime, in that lifetime he was experiencing, he was a little girl with two buckets of water going back with the horses. So the little girl says, I can't. And I says, why can't you go home? She says, I can't cross this road. And I says, why can't you cross the road? And she says, because the wagon that's coming down the street is going to run over and kill me. <laughs> you know, so here's my first case. And here's this, I'm talking to a little girl in this other lifetime, and I'm not about to tell her to cross the road. I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell her to get killed. You know, I mean, oh, my God, it was so weird. But then the higher self comes out. Her higher self comes out and says, no, this is something she needs to experience. So tell her to cross the road. So I got permission. So I told her, I said, cross the road. So all of a sudden I said, what's happening? And she says, I just got run over. And I said, oh, my gosh. I says, OK, uh, you, you can just, you know, leave the body and look at it from above. And she says, no, I want to experience this. So I said, OK, uh, tell me when you're done. So about 30, 40 seconds later, my, you know, the male that's on the, you know, on the couch here says, OK, I'm done. And then I said, tell me what happened. And she said she, she just bled out. And I said, um, are you ready to now? Um, to leave this life? And she says, no, no, no. She said, I have to stick around because the man that ran over me is, is totally uh, in shock and he's just having a bad time. So how beautiful of her. She stuck around for a little while to use her energy from the other side to try to calm him down, you know, to try to be there with him because he had just, you know, you could just imagine if any of us had run over a child or something, what we would feel, you know? So that was really beautiful thing. And then, uh, and then uh, she says, okay, he's okay now. And uh, then I said, okay, are you ready to move on? And uh, just like that, his guide was there. He goes, oh, Merlin's here. He called him Merlin. And it was an old friend of his, you know, and found out that he was, uh, he was down here, what he called black, he's, he was in trance and he's going, black ops, black ops. I'm in a black ops mission with eight other souls. And come to find out that he was uh, with eight other advanced souls, like a lot of mediums are, you know, they've, they've kind of gone through a lot of stuff in lives and done their work, right, Natasha? <laughs> and now he was just down here to do his medium work to try to do in whatever way he could to help people to, um, you know, realize their higher selves and stuff. So anyway, long story, but that gives you kind of an idea. You know, people can choose what they want to do, you know, uh, in the body or out of the body. Yeah. So, Natasha, you do also do uh, past life readings, basically. Yes. What do you see? How do you how do you know? Because like you told me that I was at the Battle of the Little Bighorn and I've known that for like ever. Uh, since I was a little a little boy and studied it and all that kind of stuff, but but how do you know? What do you what do you feel? Well, I, from my understanding, that and it, and to to know this that when like Regan puts somebody into a um, tr a hypnosis part, I call that it, the mind is actually out of the way yeah. because it's that part of us that knows what to do. Okay, and I'm just going to call it the part of us that knows what to do. And that could be the soul, the higher self, guides, you know, whatever the 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 part of us that's lived through much and we just kind of take it, take that and put it into that category of what we need to do. And so that part of us that knows what to do just goes there. Well, for me, 
And I think it's the way, from my understanding, and, and I'm saying I think because it's still, it's just the part of me that knows what to do. And so I just kind of go, okay. <laughs> that for me, now remember, I remember being born. I remember writing the contract, coming into this world, going through, you know, my mom, you know, and then coming out and seeing the doctor's face. So for me, going through that process has always been a quick connection. That's not been a mediumship. That's not been anybody tell me. That's a remembrance from me. I remember even my mom picking me out of the crib, and I knew I was very young because my head would pop back, and then she would pick it up, and then I would see her face. So I had to be a baby who couldn't even lift up my head. So I remember a lot from even into third, three years old. <coughs> so for me, that part of me, has a quick connection to there. Now ask me if I can find something I've lost. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but yet find somebody's past life, find my own past life. It's just like, it's, it's like crossing from me to the other side of the room. It, it's just, a, it's something I know. It's just a quick version of that. Yeah. yeah. And so with that, that when I do that, it, I do sometimes, like on the radio, there's this one woman that she she didn't give me enough information and I needed to get more fine-tuned in what past life she was looking for to clear up the path, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Now, um, can you read Kayla? <laughs> We're going to make a guinea pig out of you today, just for fun. <laughs> so you might as well get used to it. It's going to happen all the time. Can I, can I put this out here, though, and, and say something? What does it mean by having multiple near death experiences? Because my cat, my grand, my cat, my grandma, <laughs> my grandma <laughs> tells me I'm like a cat that has nine lives and I've already used up seven or eight. I live with one like that. <laughs> I, I I actually my husband is like that. When he when he got sober, his I saw his guide go. <sighs> Finally, because <laughs> the angel was sitting on his shoulder trying to keep him surviving. So when you have those life experiences like that, from my understanding that we have many exit points that we can go in our life from very young to very old, many exit points. Some people, that's why we get illnesses, because sometimes we say three years in advance that uh, you know, you take on too much and then three years later you come up with an illness. Now, like going through with my mom, you know, going through that having a new baby, four-year-old, alcoholic husband, selling houses, I knew that I really needed to take care of me because three years I did not want to have colon cancer like my father or Luke Eric's disease like my mother, you know, because I knew that would be an exit point for me. Okay. So we all have exit points. Now, I'm going to ask you the question, when did you truly decide to be on this planet? <laughs> so there was a part of you that probably, there was a part of you that probably questioned being here fully. I, that was uh, probably really recently, truthfully, over the past, once my father passed away, 
I would honestly say I was, what am I? Who am I? Why am I here? I went mm -hmm. through nursing school. I was a hairdresser, wanted to do counseling, wanted to go through criminal, you know, investigating and all that kind of in here. Uh, I'm not doing none of it. <laughs> I, I understand that though, because of the fact that many times that, okay. And I'm, I'm doing this in the astrology part that there is some of us that are meant to be starters, not finishers. My dear, you're one of them. So, so I'm a you, finisher? <laughs> yeah, and, and please don't punish yourself. So okay. starting yourself up, getting things started, it's okay because what you do is when you start things up, you help others get ideas to start things up. Okay. So mm -hmm. when you're doing that, you're stirring the pot. I'm going to call it stirring the pot. You're stirring the pot of getting people to wake up to new ideas. Okay. Open your horizons. Yes, exactly. So mm -hmm. with that, the thing that I would like you to do though, is, is when you get that first instinct to, to jump, take a breath and decide if it's truly the time to jump. Jump into it, jump um, out of it, whatever you're going to do. Also, give yourself a time. Okay. So if you feel that nerd, that, that spark to jump, tell mm. yourself, okay, I'm going to give three weeks notice. I'm going to give six weeks notice. Whatever that notice is so that you can move forward because it's not necessarily that um, it's that easing out so that, okay, I'm going to say this because many people do not appreciate starters. And so for the ripple effect of you starting and finishing, starting and finishing will be easier on those around you because the energy, you're going to allow that energy to start shifting. Okay. There's also experiences that if you look back and on that trail that you have done, what have you learned about yourself? Quite a bit. In the butt. <laughs> and also, also like me, I used to be a hairstylist. I learned a part of me being creative. Okay. Mm -hmm. You doing the nursing, what did you learn? You learned how to take care of, to have empathy, sympathy right? Mm -hmm. You learned how to be involved with others in groups, right? To deal mm -hmm. with people you didn't always want to deal with. Hair is the same way. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? So with that, that you have learned to navigate with other people better, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So look at what these tools came along the path for you. Okay, because the part of you that needs to know what to do needs many tools to be able to navigate through what you're going through. Okay, and a lot of times our life sets us up for grief. Because many times when we have life happening, especially when you have a family, you have to have the tool to move forward. And when you know that you can go from one thing to another, to another, to another, you're able to survive the moment when your feet aren't on the ground. That was deep. Thank you. <laughs> this is who I am. No, no, no. Natasha, that, was, that was really, really good. Yeah, uh, no, I felt it. I had like a cupid. <laughs> <laughs> 
through my chest. I yeah, did. it's because it's that moment when we're in that vulnerability of change that we become more who we are. Yeah. And I'm going to say that again. The vulnerability that we are with ourselves in the moment of change makes us who we are. When I, I was doing that session today with my client that had the uh, the rape issues, and I was trying to give her the, the higher perspective, um, and um, I said, okay, because you experienced this thing, which has been an awful thing that you had to experience, but I said, if you look at yourself before that happened and now, I said, do you see yourself as um, that you've grown more in uh, compassion and kindness, uh, integrity, whatever. And she thought for a minute, she goes, wow, yeah, I am so much farther ahead as a human being than before I had that awful experience. Because it's like we're talking about when, when, when we had sometimes these experiences are just to shake us up to move to a higher level, you know. And when you look at the, you look at the upside, not ever excusing what, you know, some people say, oh, you're not, what do you mean? You're making light of what happened is no, not at all. But just saying through that, that, that trial, and that tribulation that she went through, she's become a, a, a person and she would not want to go back to who she was even before because she's so much wiser now about the world, about life. And she knows she's having to learn for, she knows she needs to forgive eventually. Uh, and that's difficult. But she kind of knows that that by do by forgiving at some point later in her life, she'll be a better person for that. You know, uh, what was interesting, too, is I had a client a couple of weeks ago. First, you know, people don't realize with hypnosis, it's just like so many things are possible. Uh, and even people that don't believe in past lives, I say, well, let's just do something simple here. I said, I can get you to a certain level and take you back to your earliest childhood memory. Uh, which would be kind of fun. And then I'm going to have you uh, in this state. I'm going to have you get younger and smaller and younger and smaller. You know, you're one month old, you're five months old, you're, you've just been born. And I'll go one, two, three, and you're in your mother's womb just before you were born. And I would say about 80% of my clients, all of a sudden they experienced being in their mother's womb. Well, this time she was in the womb with the twin. Very interesting. I've never had twins in the womb. And so uh, people don't realize that people are in their full consciousness before they're born, you know, mm -hmm. because they just come from heaven. They're not the wall of forgetfulness hasn't been pulled yet. They're, they're like at the starting gate of their mission, of their journey, you know. And so I get so much information when we're in the womb. And I said, I said, why are you know, because in this life, her and her sister love each other, but they're 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 butting heads all the time, you know. Uh, they don't hate each other, but they always argue. They always boom, boom. But I said, what's the main reason that you and your sister are coming here? And it ended up being because the mother who they chose needed some help with uh, unlocking the best parts of herself. And they were going to teach, teach their mother patience and kindness, you know, because she was kind of spiritually stuck. And I thought that was neat. They just like a double team, you know, they were double teaming their mom so that they could help her wake up. But um when people come out of that, they go, Regan, that was just the weirdest thing. I could, it's like, I could feel myself in the womb and I could barely move my arms. I was so <laughs> tight in there. I couldn't even just feel it, you know, but they could feel their mother's heartbeat. They knew what the mother was thinking. And they really, uh, some people really bonded with their mother in this experience more than they have in life because they could feel, you know, their mother and have compassion for their mother and what she's going through and everything too. 
So um, I usually ask in there, I say, what is your mother going to teach you? What are you hoping your mother will teach you? And they'll always have an answer. And, and what are you going to teach your mom? You know, we do that. And why did you choose? Why did you choose this soul to be your mother? You know, and they have they always have the answer to that. So that's an amazing experience for people, you know. So even if you don't want to go to a past life, just have a hypnotherapist <coughs> who can do this wound reduction. It's a beautiful experience. It, so, it, oh, go ahead, Natasha. No, go ahead, Kevin. I well, no, I was just I was just going to ask. Um, Kayla has been told in the last eight nine months that that she has a certain amount of psychic gifts. Can you can you speak to that? We all do. The part of life that is, though, is how much do we trust ourselves? And that is the difference between being really intuitive. I'm going to call it intuitive instead of psychic, okay? Not to say that you don't have psychic abilities, but I'm just going to make this blanket statement that we're all intuitive. We all have that knowing to do. We all have a part of us that knows what to do. That speaks up, many of us, for, we choose not to listen. So we don't trust that part of us. Now, there's others of us that have many psychic past lives, many psychic beings, and, and we're just made up that way. It's just, it's just who we are. And Kayla, you do. That's why you knew when to move into doing something and when not to. You know? But there's that part of you that didn't practice to trust that as well as you are starting to do now. <laughs> and so you made more you had more rocks in your path to trip over than not now i'm going to tell you being psychic doesn't necessarily take the rocks away and the trips away but at the same time though it gives us the tools to work through them differently like this last week when i lost my glasses and i do wear glasses during the day i just didn't today because it was raining it was real misty and and i couldn't see and i don't do them when i'm using i don't wear them when i'm doing intuitive work it's that part of the vision that um that i knew it was about receiving a new vision for myself so losing my glasses was about getting a new vision so how did i navigate through that so there's that bigger picture of why and how when we go through grief it's almost like pulling back the onion peel okay now, my dear, I can see you being a gypsy in a past life. And you're a palm reader. <laughs> I love the palms are I, I want to learn it. That's why I got it, but I've never. Yeah, because sometimes past lives, uh, they, they, they connect with us to give, give us the tools. But like for me, I have a lot of witch Wiccan books. Mm -hmm. I don't practice Wiccan, but I light candles when I need certain things. I I um, throw tobacco out in my yard to thank the fairies. Like when I cut down the trees, I went and put tobacco on the trees to say thank you and I'm sorry. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it, I do certain things, but I don't necessarily practice it. But I have lots of books because that's my past life. Yeah, see, you know? that's where I'm at, collecting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, but the, I love those tools because sometimes I need to go open up that book and look mm -hmm. at that page. Yep. So I have my tools. Now, I'm not a reader necessarily in that way, but yet I do open up and have tools. So with that, but we all have these. Now, I love to do past life work <laughs> through doing like a um, where we just kind of do a meditation. 
so I do a little bit what Regan does, but I do a meditation and I just have you walk through and then back into a part of you that knows where to, to guide you. And we find new guides. We find new, new stories for yourself. We, there's a lot that we can do. And that's the wonderful thing, though, is there's many people to go to to find what tools you want. And I love that's why I love being here with Regan, because he has his way. I have my way and we just kind of get it. So with me, I have the intuitive guide. Like Regan, he's very intuitive. He just doesn't want to always admit it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I'm trying. I'm working with him no, to get that part good. of him to believe in himself. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So with that, that that as we work and as we walk, me doing a medium with um, doing a meditation with someone. I'm actually there with you, guiding you. So if you say, I don't see anything in a room, I'm in the room with you being a witness, you know, saying, oh, wait a minute. And I see something shiny over here. Turn around. Is there something shiny for you? And those clues just kind of whisper to you to wake up that part of you that's doubting. Mm -hmm. And and when I do that, it's amazing where we can go and, and do work. And I, I love doing that kind of work. So you can clear my blockage. I can support you in you you clearing your blockage. I I I'm not re I'm responsible for me. <laughs> I can lead a fish. I can lead the horse to water, but it, you know it's up to you to do the work. And that's the way Regan probably feels too. Is is that you can only guide so far, and then do that. But yes, I can help you with that. Yeah. Cool. And now, Regan, can you help her with that too, from your perspective? And clearing up blockages, and how would you how would you go about that through uh, hypnosis to do that? Well, um, hmm. I, I just doing you know I'm a tapper, EFT, which is just a regular form of regular therapy. Uh, I know uh, for some people, I've been able to remove their blocks just by using that because it has to do with uh, some emotional blocks they have that they're carrying in their physical body here. So, for instance. Uh, I, I always wanted to write a book, but uh, but I never did, you know. And finally, when I was in Mexico, I had nothing, you know, for a year and a half and had nothing to do. I finally decided to tap on myself, and I, I really discovered what my roadblocks were. I did the this physical tapping, and then I sat down, and in a year and a half, I wrote four books. I mean, I never written a book in my life uh, because I removed the roadblocks, you know. Now, as a writer, just to give you an idea, here's what I discovered. Okay, I wanted to be a writer, but my, my self-talk was, you know, who's going to want to hear what I have to say? You know, I mean, even if I write something, who am I to, anybody wants to know what I have to say, okay? The other big one was, Regan, you know, you always start things and you never finish them. And you know how much work is in a book, so why start something that you're not even going to finish? Oh, now that was your mom talking there. Yeah, yeah, well, but that, <laughs> I've learned to finish things now, you know, but, but so I would do, you know, the tapping is like, you know, uh, even though I know I start things and I never finish things, you know, what an idiot, Regan, why the heck don't you do that? I know, you know, even though I feel awful about myself because I never finished a damn thing, you know, well, you know what? I love and accept my, I love and accept myself even though I don't finish things sometimes, you know, and then I would talk about, well, maybe I can, maybe I can step up to the plate, you know, I, I'm open to the idea. It's just tapping, you know, clearing your head of things. And all of a sudden I didn't, I didn't have any blocks and I just started writing and I didn't stop. You know, the books weren't that great, you know, but uh, but they were for my fifth book is pretty good, you know, because I had to go through that learning experience, you know. So um, 
Yeah, it's just just re removing the uh, the blocks. So, uh, but in hypnosis, what I do when I do the tapping with people, then I put them in hypnosis and I reinforce with the subconscious everything that we just went through. You know, so it's like a one-two punch. You know, to the to the issue. Kayla, thank you for trusting me. By the way, uh, did your mom have a um, kind of a, a trauma when she was carrying you? Something I don't want to call like a car wreck, but just something that 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 just shifted her. It was like a a, a shock moment, uh, like, um, and she may not even realize that it was this deep, but it was enough to put a lot of hormones through her at one time when she was carrying you. I uh, no, yeah, no, this, yes, uh, whoa, yeah, deep. okay. Yes, yeah. So with that, there was a moment where that hormone, you, you received it, which gave you a moment of, <gasps> which in a way slows you down from going, ah, mm -hmm. does that yep. make sense? So oh, I would, I would practice breathing out if I was you just practice that breathing out. Um, and that will help shift that and and doing like what Regan was saying about the tapping will yeah. definitely help. But a lot of women don't realize that when they're carrying a child, like my dad died six weeks away from me having my, my first son. And I knew, okay, here's grief. <laughs> I was very close to my dad. I mean, it, we finished these other sentences. And I said, okay, I'm going to feel grief, but I can't wallow in it because I don't want my child, I want my child to feel emotions, but I don't want him to be bombarded by all that mm -hmm. emotion. And to this day, he's a kid that can navigate through, I'm just going to call it the shit. He just, na he goes, eh, that was their problem, not mine. You know, it's just, he just has that, oh, oh well, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, he, I mean, he cares deeply. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. But he doesn't take on what other people do. It's, that's not his. You know, so with that, just know that that you are free from that moment. You notice that I didn't use a negative word there. You are free. Because a lot of people say you're not that moment. You're free and worthy of being away from that moment. Thank so you. So, Kayla, do you rec recall some, your mom talking about an event before you were born? I, I had a uh, very traumatizing childhood, needless to say. I didn't really know my real father until I was about 21 or 22. Um, so he wasn't really part of my life. But the things that happened when I was in her stomach, there were things that did escalate. You know, my sister was taken and put into foster care big separations and all this other kind of stuff. So you, you, you kind of hit deep. Mm -hmm. on that. Okay. Uh, so are you still glad that you're, you're, you got to be part of this or. This is very much what I call the psychic car wash. Where, <laughs> yeah. Where we just throw you in there and then Regan has a, something to say and Natasha, and then you're, you're, you're all clean and spicky, spicky. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, that's, that's, and that's the thing that I love about life. When you bring something to an awareness, many times you have the ability to say, oh, now I know what to navigate with. Mm -hmm. And when we can go, oh, I can navigate now, 
it helps us move forward. Like for me, I just had a session with someone who said some things about when I was like a 10 or 11 about, and that was the time where I was actually thinking about killing myself. It was like, oh, no wonder I'm having that, that cloud over me. Okay, time to take that off. Let's go forward. So that's part of my work I was doing on the weekend, Kevin. So that's yeah. probably why I'm a little bit more on. I, I righted myself. I read yeah, myself. Uh, Kayla, you, did you did a great job. Go ahead, Regan. Yeah, well, what Natasha was saying and everything, one of the things, even if you just do do what I'm going to say mentally, it'll it'll really work really good. So many times the things that happen to us as a child and everything, when that experience has happened, that CD gets logged in our mind. Mm -hmm. And so later on in life, when you think of that incident, it plays it, but it's playing it with the consciousness you had as a child still. <laughs> so what people don't realize is that you have to upboot your software. You have to, you know, you have to reboot. Another update everything. And so what you do is you update everything to look at everything that happened to you with the knowledge and the wisdom that you have now, instead of looking at it as you did when you were a little child. And the people realize they go, oh yeah, that's right. Cause they, like I, there was uh, one client I had, um, everything she's in their sixties now, but every time she gets together with Thanksgiving, she gets in a fight with her sister because she's still remembering about when her sister stole her best doll and tore it up when she was a little kid. And they start arguing and people laugh at them. They say, you guys are arguing like you're two little kids, you know, and it, just that awareness or something. She's going, oh my God, here I'm a 60 year old and I'm acting like a, like a six year old right now, you know? Um, so when you, when you reboot that, your software, and all of a sudden now, when you look back at your childhood things or you get the higher perspective, uh, like Natasha was giving you, then all of a sudden you, you understand things and you just, you know, you just kind of put that away. Like, okay, I learned from that, but I don't need to be hanging on to any of that negativity of that experience anymore because you're through with it. You know, you learned that lesson, you know? And I, and I would like to add that sometimes it's not the person that did to us. Sometimes it could be a boss that sounds the same way or talks the same way or a, um, a coworker who has the same smell or, or, or mm -hmm. they, they do, they wear the same, let's say they, they, they use the same perfume that somebody who triggered you. So mm -hmm. it could be, it could be somebody just out of the blue that's doing this that triggers those moments of i'm going to call it shock value or those moments of imprint or whatever you want to call them that that triggers us back to our inner child which we all have an inner child that walks with us every single day that's why sometimes we drive by an ice cream shop and we go i want an ice cream let's go stop and have because our inner child goes me 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 you know uh -huh. but, but if we can just sit there and go okay you know, I understand, you know, like I had that, that um, someone who called up and, you know, I took her back to when she was nine years old and I asked her to bring that nine-year-old child forward so that it could represent the time that we walked, that she walked forward to her now time so she can feel accomplished. And that's what I did with mine at that time when I was doing, got a set, that session that woke me up to those moments exactly. And it was like, okay, time to bring her up to say, you know, look who we are today, you know, and mm -hmm. I would, I, it's not that quick. I would, I actually wish I could have had a more of a private session with this person to do this slower and more consciously because I wanted to respect her. But yet at the same time though, it, it just was what it was and she needed the information. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Kev. No, I was just going to say, but she's going to call you and she's going to have a more in-depth reading. 
So go ahead, Regan. Yeah, um, you know, just talking about regular therapy as humans, what we do, and this is so common in relationships if I'm dealing with somebody, and um, it's like we, we get out of a relationship, we have some hurts and things that came from former relationships, former wives, spouses, lovers, whatever, and you get in a new relationship, and the new person says, you know, says the same word or or something that, that subconsciously a person that reminds them of who they're in a relationship before, and they just they just give it to their new person and the new person didn't even do anything, you know, and I've heard, I've heard people like wives sometimes yelling at their husband saying, don't treat me like your ex. I'm not her. You know, I didn't, when I said this certain thing, it didn't mean what she meant, you know, because somehow they get triggered, you know, by things. And so sometimes we, you know, get, a, people can get abusive to the new people in a relationship by the triggers that happen, you know, so they have to learn, you know, they have to learn. This is a new person here. You know, and, and uh, you have to, to realize that. You want to hear something wild? Yeah. Um, I was married for 24 years. I got married in 1983 uh, in May, uh, May 21st of 1983. We divorced in, uh, in 2007, and the divorce was final on May 21st. <laughs> Kayla, what's your birth date? May 21st. My father and mother got married on June tenth of nineteen fifty. Kayla, that's that date is special to you as well, isn't it? My dad's birthday. <laughs> you, all right, you two, you're the psychic ones. <laughs> I'm just gonna call synchronicity, and when we're when we're meant to be with someone, there's those points that say yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they just they're just points to just say yes uh and this is going to be something when we have those points of yes especially the key moments like that that um especially the birthday my dad stepped in quite a bit with me too <laughs> but you know with those moments that we have that those are those exclamation points that say this can make a difference in your life. It's up to us and our perception to get out what that is, but these moments can be poof, if we allow them to be. It, it's their way of calling attention mm -hmm. to what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Synchronicity. You are in the right place at the right time, and we brought you together. It's like when when I when I got the message to call up, and Regan was on the on the on the radio, and then we started talking for about a half an hour, forty five minutes, yeah. <laughs> and then we ended up here. It's just it's, it's just magical how things happen, and sometimes for us humans to recognize this as a moment, they put synchronicity moments in like a, um, a song on the radio or, or birth dates or just certain things to say, tag, get it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, let me uh, talk about a little bit about the, you know, through the Newton Institute and the research we've done now with over 65,000 people visiting the afterlife and coming back. We found that when you plan your life, and you're just about ready to implement, to come down to be incarnated, uh, you'll have sessions with some of the players that are gonna be. Mm -hmm. And you're you're like rehearsing when you're gonna meet in the lifetime and how you're gonna recognize each other in the human body, you know? And uh, uh, like, I remember the one case where um, it was gonna be his wife 
and they were just they were seeing the scene where they they saw the scene where they were going to be at a at a dance. He was going to be on the other side of the room, and when she kind of uh, was walking by him and flipped a scarf or something around her neck. That was going to be the sign that he would notice her for the first time and feel the connection. Okay. And he said, that's exactly what happened. That's how he met his wife, you know, but what we found in the research is because when people get down here in human form and with free will and all of the distractions and everything, a lot of times they'll walk right by and miss that. It's not always a perfect, you know, we think, well, it's, you decide it's in heaven, everything, you're going to meet exactly everybody you need to meet in this lifetime to get done what you want to get done. But it doesn't always work that way. And they get back to the other side and they go, oh, I blew it, man. You were right there and I missed you. And now I didn't get to have that experience, you know. So, you know, it's uh, it's um, not always perfect, perfect. And there's so many variations and it all comes down to free will and the choices we make when we're down here. Uh, and things can go a little haywire, you know, but it does explain why some people meet somebody and they immediately feel connected to them. You know, mm -hmm. here's, you know, thousands of stories written in novels and everything that, you know, a guy meets a woman, a, a girl for the first time and he goes home, and tells his mom, mom, this is the woman I'm going to marry. And they get married and have, you know, live happily ever after for forever, you know, so, but it's kind of neat to know that there's a process that, that they go through in heaven, the afterlife, before they come down to try to make sure that things happen in the way they want so they can learn the lessons and meet the people that they have to meet. So that's interesting little bit of research there. And that's why people ask me, can you give me a timeline on this? And I go, okay, the timeline I'm being told is this. Now, remember, this is in human form, or this is spirit form telling you human that this is the timeline. So. In between now and then, it's up to you. It's up to the people that you're working with. It's all up to the bigger picture here. You yeah. know, it's just amazing. But I wanted to point out, being the observer, I, I stand in observation. Kevin's wearing black. Kayla's purple and black. I'm purple and black. Oh, yeah. Regan's wearing purple and white. <laughs> and I'm in a room that has white. <laughs> it's like... So there's something synchronistic about this moment that uh, there's some magic and I feel it. Actually, I feel it. Yeah. And I checked and there's not very many people watching today, but mm -hmm. I feel this moment here is making a print somewhere in time and it's magical. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. What if I wear polka dots next week? <laughs> uh, not going there. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not a polka dot person. I have polka dot boxers. Does that count? Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> wow. I have a question for the th two of you. I've been talking with um, um, Kayla about it. Uh, what do you guys think? And anybody who is listening that you would like to tune in or chime in, you can hit the comment box. I'm toying with the idea on, on June 7th of going three hours a day, Monday through Friday from 1 to 4 p.m. What do you guys think? I'm going to be golfing most of those times. <laughs> well, you're not invited anyway, dude. Well, <laughs> he has many different. I, I... Yeah, I'm, I'm good with, the, well, especially, you know, because now that I'm on the board of the Newton Institute, we're having our first, I actually start, um, although I've already been starting uh, for the last few months, but uh, doing things. But starting, uh, we're having a board meeting uh, first part of June. And that's when I actually take over for three years. 
but um, I've been keeping so busy, probably spending an hour at least a day answering questions on Quora, you know, about the afterlife, you know, from three or four different sites. So it's keeping me uh, kind of pretty busy. And I think I'm, you know, I'm guiding people to at least, you know, the website so they could find out more information and that sort of thing. Oh. So, and then, you know, we're going to be doing this show and everything. So I'm, I'm, and, and I had 12, 12 clients in the last 30 days. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's uh, a big increase for you, isn't it? Yeah, really. And I'm handling it. Okay. It's yeah. okay. And I've, I've, I've learned just so much in this last month, but again, Natasha, you can just see it's all synchronistic. It's like it I just come at the right it place. Is, it is, it is. It's the right no, time. I think, I think that, that people watching you, Kevin, will enjoy having a routine to know when you're on. Yeah, yeah. We're just like, you know, like what? anytime I'm driving, I always listen to Coast to Coast at night. You know, if I'm driving night, I always flip it there. Mm -hmm. I always count on it being there and it'll be something interesting. So it's just going to be a matter of, Kevin, of you uh, finding enough things of uh, – I mean, that's the thing. It's it's program content, you know, that uh, it just takes a lot of time to get. And that's where Kayla can kind of come in, probably, you know, to help and produce it. And, and now that you, if you have a partner doing that, you could probably do a whole week thing. But it's a lot of work. I know, you know, like I always thought I, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be a preacher, you know. But, but <laughs> just think of the pressure that a minister has every week where he has to come up with some sort of new wrinkle, some sort of new way of saying the same thing week after week after week. I mean, wouldn't you think that as evolved human beings, we would ha just have to go to one sermon in our life and go, oh yeah, I got it. Okay. And then you go out and you just be this good person and everything. But we drag ourselves back week after week, hear the same message with a little different tones to, uh, to, to learn the same thing. That shows you <laughs> how, how um, thick we are you know, sometimes it takes to get through to us to really become good people. And remember, I told you about that one woman in hypnosis and she, she was to learn patience in this lifetime. I said, well, you know, how, how in earth years, how long have you been learning patience? And she says 500, you know, so I go, oh, God, you know, we're slow learners some ways, you know, still working on it. One thing well, I want Okay. It, it's time for us to wrap it up, kids, because okay. we've been doing it for over an hour. And Kayla, this is your first time out. What do you think of our little uh, escapades that we put through here? I love it. It's a learning experience, and I can't wait to continue learning. So <laughs> I'm I'm along for the ride with everyone else, and I'm excited. So we're, yeah, we're all learning. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it, and it's, it really is great fun. Um, and Natasha. How does somebody get a hold of you if they, if you want to talk to them? <laughs> you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com or Natasha at angelicclarifications is my email. And you'll be on four o'clock on Wednesday. I am. And uh, so if I do, if I do three hours, then I might run a couple of reruns before that and, and stuff, because I do have uh, 300 episodes that I could run just real quick. Now I won't tell that story here. Uh, Regan, how, how does somebody get hold of you? Um, it's on the screen there. Visit the afterlife.com. Um, um, if you just go there, they have some great videos on there that uh, kind of educate you on what I do. Uh, basically help you uh, get to a certain point of relaxation, which everybody can do basically. And from there you have the ability yourself to visit a past life and actually visit the place you go between lives where when you're there with a list of questions you have prepared, you can ask uh, anything you want to these wise beings on the side and really get the truth about God, 
you know, religion, whatever you want to ask, you can get answers to. Um, Life-changing for so many people to put you on a path uh, to where you're, you know, you're doing all the things you really want to be, which is more kind, compassionate, and and uh, patient. Okay, so uh, just go to the website. You can actually see a whole session there. It's it's long and slow, but that's the way it is because it's 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 really uh, it's really uh, takes a little bit of time. Sometimes sessions are three, four hours. So, uh, but uh, anyway, that's where you get a hold of me. Visit the afterlife. I'm happy to answer any questions. Have a free book on there right now. Actually, for for a while, I'll be giving away both books. The three hours, 33 minutes in heaven is about my time that I experienced there. And also um, reincarnation is real, which is about all the current research being done into. And there's a lot of it being done into past lives. All free. Absolutely. And thank you very much for that. The, the free sure. is a good price. Free is yeah. a good price. But uh, Natasha, Kayla, Regan, it's been a pleasure having all of you here. Thanks, Kevin. Nice to meet you and see you, Kayla. No, she, She's going to be busier than she thinks she wants to be. At. Yeah, so we all are. Take care, everybody, and uh, we'll be we'll see you next week at four o'clock on Monday for Live Between Lives. See. You. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.